bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Video vampires, everybody. Hi. It's, Jessica. it's Mickey. Hey, so it's been a while. A I, while. I had to actually look at her Instagram to see the last movie that we did just to make sure I was like on the same page. It's like there's a cross country move and there's like pandemic and work. So it got a little backed up, but yeah, you moved. Uh, You're no yeah. longer in Los Angeles. No, it's like really weird and sad and like, um, and also awesome. So I'm in, I'm in Georgia now, which I hear there's a pretty sick horror scene, you know? Um, so I'm excited to check it out when, when it's appropriate, pandemic appropriate. And you have a house? Yeah, I live in the woods, which is like terrifying for like a city, city gal. So like, you know, when it's dark, there's like never ending darkness. <laughs> I see why people get like real creepy. There's actually like a really old cemetery around here that um, my boyfriend's supposed to take me to, which I'm very excited. But it's like already got a you know a folklore story. It's like someone was like murdered there, you know, and like stuff like that. So I'm really excited to check it out. But there's like a lot like driving around here. There's just like random on the side of the road, like really old cemeteries, and like so I'm in one of those towns, you know. I'm excited but also scared to check them out. That sounds awesome. The cemetery part, like with the folklore, like that sounds really cool. Um, yeah, and it's I, been like gray and like rainings, and there's like wood, so it's like very, I don't know, creepy. <laughs> into it, I'm into it. Um, so, uh, and whereas, whereas, I've nothing's changed for me. I'm still in the the gray, rainy existence that is the bedroom that I've been living in for <laughs> since the pandemic started. Um, even when it's sunny out, it's still raining inside. Um, but yeah, so nothing's changed for me. But what have you? Uh, I mean, we like we were talking about this. We we've both probably watched a lot since last we talked. I do think it's funny that after we had, I don't remember if we discussed this when we were watching the last movie, but uh, Severin Films is now really is announced that they are doing the Blu-ray of Day of the Beast. So if you were oh, having a hard time finding that movie next month, uh, you will be able to buy it, and it looks their transfer it looks awesome. So. Um, they always do cool shit. Uh, we watched Santa Sangra, which they're also re-releasing. Um, oh, I that, saw that. Yeah, so uh, same company. They're really cool cats. Uh, I would um, check out that Day of the Beast release. But what have you uh, watched since then? I I know I've watched so many things, and I don't remember most of them. Probably because like nothing was like too spectacular, except like a few. Like I, I watched Nomadland with Frances McDormand. Um, it's just about her, like, a, she's an older woman, lost her husband, and she lives in a van, you know, and it's just kind of that, like, type of life style, and it, I guess they go through these actual communities, and I guess that's a, a important part of the film, is, like, they go through these communities, and, you know, it's just, like, one of those, like, some people are just born on the road type, um, of movies, and, and it's good, it's, like, you know, I enjoyed watching it, it's, like, beautiful to look at, but, like, is it better than, like, Into the Wild, is it better than, like, other movies exactly like it, I don't think so, but, you know, it's a decent watch, but it's, I know, it's funny, because I read this article about, like, how people are, like, abnormally more harsh about movies, but I don't, <laughs> because we are, we're all at home, just, like, not enjoying the theater experience, and, like, seeing certain things, I don't, I don't really know, though, if that's true or not, but, because it was talking about Wonder Woman 84, which was, like, one of the worst movies ever, uh, but, yeah, uh, so I, I watched that, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, which came out in theaters and on HBO. Um, 
which I, I wish I kind of saw this in the theater because watching it, it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Daniel Kalula is like just such a sick, um, sick actor. Like I, I love seeing him in new movies. And so is uh, what's his name, Lakeith uh, Stanfield. He's oh. a bunch of people from Atlanta are, are too are in this movie. Um, but it's you know the story of Fred Hampton and and um, the FBI informant uh, that like got him killed basically. And so it's like you know supercharged. It's like I I loved it. I mean I thought it was really good. The music's really good. Um, it's shot well, you know. But like. Again, we're seeing all these movies that are meant to be on the theater in these like rooms, and so like I, you know, I'm, it just makes me miss movies like so much. Like there's so much that I wish I could be like catching. And then um, another one that I was told to watch, Psycho Gorman. Did you see this? I really wanted to. I have not yet. I okay, like uh, it's like fifty fifty. Loved it, hated it. Like. There are parts where I thought were like so funny and like so cool and like remind me of a trauma film and like, you know, it's great. And it's like, it's like, I also imagine this being like a screenplay I wrote when I was 12, you know, and like thought I was so fucking cool. And like, so I imagine that um, this, the director was just like, yeah, this is like the film I've always wanted to make, maybe. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> oh, okay. And, th- yeah. and that makes sense because it's like so fucking bad. Like, it's not only like cheesy bad it's like actually bad <laughs> oh really okay because yeah so he, like it's, and plus like little kids are like fucking stupid <laughs> well they are now when i watch movies that are with kids now i'm like i uh, i mean we've talked about this like the kids that i grew up with when i was little and the kids that i tried to emulate when i was little were like the kids in like goonies or monster squad or like you know what i mean like those where i watch movies with kids now i'm like you guys are all fucking lame. Like, none of you are cool. Where's Rudy? Where the fuck is the Rudy of the group? Where's the cigarette-smoking, yeah. bike-riding, leather, jack wear- leather jacket-wearing, you know, ass-kicking Rudy in the group? And they're all just fucking... <laughs> they're soft. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I feel that. I don't know. Um, it Yes, it, it was actually this... You didn't see it though, but the little you didn't see it, right? Or you did? I've not. No. Okay. Yeah, the little girl was funny in it, and she was the best part of it, but also the most annoying. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it is it is worth a watch. I mean, it's on Amazon Prime, so you know. Did other you than like, that, did you like the void? Yeah. See, that's the thing. I that's the movie I forgot. Um, it, I feel like the void is very split, which is which is kind of funny. I really liked the void, but it Same is director. nothing like the void. Yeah. Okay. So, um, all right. Well, that that's that's. There's a few new movies that I do want to check out. You know me and how I'm like usually like so unimpressed or don't give a shit. But I think now that like we're not going to the theaters, it's like yeah, I'll watch something new. What the fuck? Like I don't. I'm not gonna spend twenty bucks to go see it in the theater and like have to deal with fucking. Depending on where I go see it, if I see it at the arc light and there's fucking idiots talking to me about Coachella behind me during us, <laughs> that's the type of reason why I don't like going to the arc light. But, um, but you know, like, uh, there's just like I haven't wanted to go see a lot of new stuff, but now that we're, we've been in all watch, whatever, I've actually watched a lot of new stuff. Um, I do, so I want to see Psycho Gorman, the one, the other one that I'm actually renting this, uh, unfortunately, like later after this episode or a few days after this episode is, um, uh, it's called 10 Minutes to Midnight, 
which is funny because there's a movie called 10 to midnight with charles bronson which i love but i was gonna say i was like why does that sound so familiar uh, well, because uh, I guess you're thinking of the Charles Bronson, the sweet Charles Bronson, 10 to Midnight, which is great. 10 Minutes to Midnight is Caroline Williams from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 plays a DJ. Um, and her la- it's her last night on the job um, at this like radio station. And um, she gets bit by a vampire bat and she's becoming a vampire on her last night at work. And it's like this, like, I don't know. I, I've just, I've, I read about it a little while ago. I saw some stills from it and I really like Caroline Williams. And the whole idea is like, obviously they're, they're, they're capitalizing on the fact that like people want to see Caroline Williams playing more or less the same character she played in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. That being said, I'm completely okay with that. Like I'm dumb. I'm on down I'm on board for it. So like, I don't know um, that that's not going to be a problem for me, but I want to, I'm going to watch that. But um, I too saw Wonder Woman 1984. Um, my wife was really looking forward to it because she loved the first one, like loved it. And I, we, so we watched on the projector and, you know, and, uh, I didn't feel the same way you did, but I definitely was like, this isn't, just the, this isn't that great. It's not, oh I don't my think God. it was. We, I can't remember if we talked about it or not in the last episode, but it's so fucking bad, Mickey. It's so bad. <laughs> I like, okay. I, it's funny because we haven't talked about it. We texted about it because it happened on Christmas, you know, and and I, I I had no problem with this. You did. I know because you said that you thought it was one of the worst things where I was like, I had no problem with the, you know, Amazon Ninja Warrior opening where she's like doing that whole thing. <laughs> I, think, I think my problem was I had no problem with the villain. I had I, I, I my problem was, first off, if you're going to call it Wonder Woman 1984, I wanted to feel like 1984. You know, otherwise, what the fuck? Like, okay, uh, there's it just doesn't. It, there's one scene where um, uh, Kristen Wiig goes to do goes to work out and she's dressed up like Jane Fonda, and you're like, oh, it's the '80s, of course. And it's like, yeah. I don't want to feel that way. I was like looking forward to like a fucking cool like synth-driven like '80s action film. Instead, we got this like weird DC movie where like there's you know it's it's every comic book movie's biggest problem: too many villains. Or, you know, one too many. In this case, there was two villains and one of them was too much, you know. Um, And uh, also, like, her big plot line of, like, having to let go. Okay, first off, she doesn't have a problem at all that this poor guy that she's never met before in her life has been possessed by her dead boyfriend, who she hasn't seen since World War One. It's 1984, by the way. It's like, not that I'm like, I'm like, oh, get over it. But it's like the one wish she has is that she gets bone this dude again. And so he possesses some guy. And so she's basically like taking advantage of this poor guy's body. But at the end of the, like, in the, the end of it, she's got <laughs> she's to let him go so she can like get her powers back and like fight the bad guy. But it, she doesn't really make the decision to let him go. He makes the decision. He's like, no, you're going to have to let me go. And it's like, oh, wow. So she didn't even have to do anything. There's no real, for a superhero movie, she didn't have to make like a big moral decision or uh whatever so it was kind of like it was i guess my problem with wonder woman 1984 is there were so many moments where i was like that could have been done a lot better that could have been done a lot better and then the kind of icing on the whole wonder woman cake was after we watched it my wife and i were like let's just watch the original again we watched the original i was like holy shit i forgot how fucking fantastic that original is and i remember when we first because we were we had started the podcast right around you know shortly after the first one i think because I remember saying, I was like, oh, I liked it, except for the last 10 minutes felt like somebody had spilled coffee on the pages and then didn't know what to do. 
I actually didn't mind it this time. I was like, actually, it's like, no, this is a pretty solid flick. It's a it's a good World War One flick that happens to be a superhero movie. Um, now, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four did not have the same. Um, it just didn't have the same whatever no, as, as it, it World didn't War have I. anything. It was just fucking a bad movie. Everything about it made me hate Patty Jenkins. Unfortunately, I feel like the first Wonder Woman was really good, and then this like one monster? was just like. A pile of slop, and now I have to like reevaluate why I even liked her in the first place. I that's how much I hate Wonder Woman 84. I just fucking hate it. I just don't like anything about it. I've watched a lot. Oops. Um, I've watched a lot of uh TV though, and I forgot that we've watched some of the same new movies. It's like all coming back to me now just yeah. because like my brain is a pile of like unemployed slosh. <laughs> Besides yeah. my hate, my hate for for Wonder Woman 84 is on mother level. What's uh what what I've actually been watching a lot. I mean, I, you're gonna be pissed. I'm not. Wa- I guarantee I'm not watching any TV that you're watching. And you're gonna be like, oh, there's all these shows I wanted you to watch, and I haven't watched them yet. But um, you go ahead and tell me what you've been watching. Well, it's funny because I, w- I was actually gonna mention this, but I started Thirty Coins, which is the same. Um, uh, Alex De La Glacia, yeah. Yep. Yeah, who who did uh Day of the Beast, which we just covered. Um, it's on HBO. It is in Spanish. It's I've only watched the first few episodes, but it's like very much in the same like occultish satanic but kind of funny and like yeah. uh vein of of his style i don't i don't know i really liked it so far but i haven't finished it at all and so that's like the new show that i've been watching um i finished sabrina which i might have talked about and how awful the ending was um yes. even though the first two seasons were like super fun yeah. um and then otherwise, I think I watched um, it's the show Frontier Verde or Green Frontier on Netflix. Did I talk about that? No. Um, okay, so it's the same uh, director who did Embrace of the Serpent. And so this is like a, a show that my boyfriend told me I should watch. And it takes place like in the Amazon. And you have this like Colombian detective from, you know, Bo- you know Bogota, I think, coming in. Uh, to investigate a crime that happened in the Amazon. And it's like weird and magical and like but like a crime series it's like really really cool and it's like since it takes place it in this like beautiful godly like magical setting it's just like kind of incredible and i feel like it's a real sleeper that's uh like a real sleeper show that's been on netflix Hmm. um i've watched it's a uh, short series too so like it's just one season yeah oh that should be easy uh my wife well my wife and i watched mangrove which i thought was really great What's, Steve McQueen. what's mangrove uh remember the steve oh, mcqueen yes. small his, act his short yeah, yeah. series yes i yeah. haven't seen it it's on amazon I, prime yeah and i watched the first one and it was really 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 fucking good and also it's like it, you know it's like one of those things where it's like oh it's so tough to watch sometimes that you like and and you know there's there's characters it's all based on a true story about you know this this um black owned business in um in uh, England who like that, like just got like relentlessly harassed by the cops and ended up becoming the site of this big riot. And all these people were charged for um, starting the riot and they were thankfully found not guilty um, and exposed like some of the uh, racism and corruption in the police force. But of course nothing happened, you know, like it was, um, and, and, um, but uh, oh God! Speaking of rides, a lot has happened since we've spoken. But um, anyway, uh, that was really good. But it's like you know, it's like when when subject matter is that fucking like rough. You know, it's like oh great, there's more of these, and they're not all like they're not all completely connected. But it's just like I was like oh man, I, it's just it's tough, you know. And we 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 should watch them, and and I will, you know. And I, I plan on watching the rest of them. It just haven't done it yet. Um, but my wife's been watching Lupin on 
uh, Netflix. I haven't watched that, but we've uh, been watching Star Trek Discovery because, like, we have a, oh, somebody, somebody gave us our, their CBS login, and um, that has become, like, our fucking jam. Like, we're like... Because, you know, I, I watched a lot of Star Trek growing up. You know, my, my, my mom had friends that were original series fans. So, like, I kind of was, like, kind of grew up with that. And then, you know, my parents would watch. And it's really weird when it's, like, you think about your parents watching something. You're like, oh, I'm the age that they are now when they were watching that. Um, uh, but now, like, you know, so I watched a lot of Star Trek. And then I gave up after. Because, like, you know, after a while, it's like I didn't watch Voyager. I didn't watch Enterprise or anything like that. Discovery is fucking rad. It is so good. It's such a great, um, it's such a great show. If you're not really into Star Trek or you're not familiar with it, it's a great show to kind of dive into because it, it kind of opened introduces you to a lot of stuff. Great characters, um, like really. I mean, like I, at one point, like the entire second season, like the last half of it, I kept like getting like choked up every episode because there was like a moment where I'm like, oh my god, you know, like. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, it is also hard to watch a show where everybody on this in this, this the premise of this show is that basically everybody on the ship looks after each other like their family and like they all care about each other. And they're like and then, you know, we live in a world where everybody's fucking like trying to just, you know, eat each other up. Um, so it's kind of a harsh uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of a nice reprieve from reality. But um it's really good. And if you are a Star Trek fan like I am, like you're like, oh, I recognize all of these um like some of these things, they like these references they're making, or some of these characters they're referencing. I'm like, oh, I know who that character is. Um, and it's also it's great. It's an R-rated Star Trek show. You know, like I was watching it, and somebody said, "Wow, that's fucking amazing." And I was like, "Did they just say fuck on Star Trek? This is awesome. Um, it's really cool." I I think that even let me put it this way: if you watch the first season, you're like unimpressed, then. Then you know you what? Like I, you won't like it. But the first season was so fucking good. So good. Um, the captain in the first season is Jason Isaac, who is also in Event Horizon. Um, oh, weird. Yeah. And like, it's funny because my wife was like, who's that guy? I was like, oh, he was in that Peter Pan movie that came out a few years ago. He played Captain Hook. That Peter Pan movie came out in 2003. And I was like, it came out a long time ago. But that's just how fucking how scattered time is for me, where I think it was just like yesterday that fucking movie came out. <laughs> Um, but, uh, it's a really cool cast. I really dig it. And then they introduce new characters in the second season that if you're a Star Trek fan, you're going to, you'll be like, Oh, it's a new character, but it's not a new character. That's really cool. And you'll get really into it. And, um, I, I just, we've been really digging on that show a lot. Uh, and, and like, again, the reason why we even got the CBS login is because we were going to watch, um, Picard. Uh, which I was like, Oh, it's gonna be really cool. I, I love Patrick Stewart and I like, you know, but my buddy Diego, who was you know on the podcast versus Wednesday? Uh, he had uh, he was like he was starting to describe it to me. He's like, yeah, it, this is more of like a deep dive. If you're like a huge Star Trek fan, and you're you're very familiar with a lot of these weird idiosyncrasies and everything like that, you're gonna love Picard. Um, whereas like Discovery is a great like again like oh you're new to the universe, check it out. But like Picard, like you have to remember certain episodes of of other shows to go oh I know who that character is. Does that make yeah. any sense? It's a yeah. deep dive. Um, so. Um, we haven't even gotten to that because I was like, because I was going to watch Picard, but then like my wife watched an episode of Discovery without me. And I was like, what the fuck? And so then we watch it together. She's like, I'll, I'll rewatch it. The first episode was so good. And then we rewatch it. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll watch this a lot. And so we ended up like, we've been burning through it. It's only their fourth season's coming out soon where it's, um, but we're already like halfway into the third season. And it's, it is. And you're just, you'll love when you start, when certain actors, like a lot of great actors are in it, like Doug Jones, who's in all of Guillermo del Toro stuff. He's one of the major characters of, 
of uh, Discovery. Um, and when we get to the third season, do you remember the guy who was in The Mummy who is also in Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo? I don't know. He's, he's long hair and he's got like a mustache and goatee. And he's like, he is a guy that all you, all you ladies think, think is like, you know what I'm talking about. I think so. Uh, what the hell is his fucking name? Like, he was like, he's just like a good looking dude. He's like, um, what the fuck? Um, I'm now I'm looking him up and I'm sending you a picture of him. Um, so you can, his name is, God damn it. Um. <laughs> oh, Oded Oded Fair. Oh. Uh, I'm going to send you a picture of this this uh, hunky beefcake. Send me, yeah, send me this picture of this beefcake. He looks a lot older Long-haired now. Long-haired beefcake. You know who this guy is. The second you go, you're going to go, oh, that guy. But anyway, he's in Discovery, and he's pretty fucking cool, I think. I don't know. Maybe he turns out to be a piece of shit. But so far, he seems like a really a, a straight shooter. Um, <laughs> anyway. Oh, uh, yeah, that guy. Oh yeah, that's that guy. That's like you didn't lust after that guy he, when you were younger. I mean, he is pretty handsome, but I yeah, everyone will know just hearing it if you've yeah. seen Scorpion King, which I have many times. Yeah. It's, a, it's a Fraser <laughs> classic. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we you you've seen a few other movies. Well, one yeah. um, that that I've seen, um, and then two that I haven't oh, yeah. seen, which I really really want to see. Uh, yeah, I saw Promising Young Woman, which I personally loved. I was really impressed with it. I thought it was going to be more of kind of like I thought it was more of just going to be kind of like a glossier exploitation film. And I thought it was a little bit. Be- I thought it was much better than that, actually. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like I love. I was looking forward to a glossy exploitation film, and I think I got a little bit more, which is which is great. I I really I also really like that cast. Um, no, the cast is. I think the cast is really funny. That's the thing is like it's it's definitely like a dark comedy, but I think I wanted it to be like more like a black comedy. And I think yeah. if you watch the end, you kind of see it is still a very much a black comedy. But mm-hmm. like I just wanted more, I think, of that exploitation revenge type of film. And I feel yeah. like it was dumbed down or like, you know, for a wider audience. But I'm like kind of like, why? Uh, I mean. I don't know. I, I, I never saw um, I know that somebody who was involved with that show or that movie was involved with Killing Eve, right? Which oh, I never yeah. watched. I, well, Killing Eve is awesome. Killing Eve is yeah. so sick. I mean, it's uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I mean, I don't know who the person is, but Phoebe Waller-Bridge did Fleabag also did yeah, yeah. Killing Eve. Um, yeah. But Killing Eve is about like this like female assassin, but she's actually like just a psychotic serial killer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> type of thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I liked it. Um, I, I mean, honestly, like I didn't uh, I really didn't have any problems with promising. Woman. Again, my expectations were a, of a certain type of movie. And I think, you know, ultimately, you know, it was something else. And I actually I was I was in the camp of, oh, that's a nice change of what I thought it was going to be. I'm I'm into that. Um, the other movie I saw uh, when I went to the drive in to see this was St. Maud, which I was expecting oh. to love. I was expecting to fall madly in love with this movie. A lot of people say it's one of the best horror movies in a long time. Yeah. And it, it's a good horror movie. But I feel like anybody who's saying it's one of the best has not watched a lot of horror movies. Well, now I want to see. I wanna, I, I've been wanting to see that one so badly. And then I thought it was in the theaters, but it's like only in the drive-thru. And then I was like, do I download this? Like, I really just want to have this experience with this movie. But like, I'm just not going to be able to. So I'm just going to have to download it. Which is I, not I would, a bad thing, but I wish I wish I could see it in like a theater. But I mean, I, it's going to be on. You can you can. I mean, I would rent it and try to watch it on the biggest screen possible because it definitely it, it definitely feels like one of those movies you want to watch 
um, in a big way. Like you want to watch with loud sound because like the sound design is really cool. The, um, the we watched it. We went to a different drive-in than the one we usually go to, and we just had a weird experience where there was like a weird like. It was just it was not a good experience for viewing a movie. And it was like also for a movie that was really dark, you really gotta pump up that fucking that bulb, you know? Because it was like we were like, wait, what the fuck is happening? Like thankfully I I I can see better, I guess, than my wife, because I, I was like, Oh, I know what's happening here. Like I can see I can tell you what's happening, but there was definitely moments where I was like, Oh, I would have loved to have been able to actually see what was going on there instead of just knowing by like there's a shape doing this and they're and they're in this room. It must be doing this, you know? See, that's um, why I won't like, I, I like to drive in for like older movies that I've already sure. seen. I just like, can't do it. I'm like, not the outside movie person. Like everyone's like, let's go, you know, to Hollywood forever. I was never that person to be like, yeah, no, I'm going to pay like fucking $25 to like sit outside and get eaten by bugs. And like, people are loud yeah. and like, no, I, I need the, the yeah. theater. I, I normally don't agree with that. Like I, I like going to the drive-in. I like going to the, uh, but like in this particular scenario, I actually 100 percent agree. As I was like, I feel like something got lost seeing at the drive-in, um, which again we've gone to plenty of times. It just it was also weird. It was like there was like maybe 20 cars in the parking lot, so it felt like you were in this weird desolate like area where like only a handful of people are watching this like kind of like weird fucked up movie on a Sunday night. It was really weird. But um, I um, I liked it. I did. I was. I guess I wasn't madly in love with it. Like a lot of people are going fucking nuts about this movie. Like I'm hearing reviews. And I'm like, they're like, it's one of the greatest horror movies of all time. And I'm like, I just don't. I don't agree with that. I don't. I don't think. I'm not. Not of all time, but of modern times. And I'm like, I don't think so. I think there's been better movies that have come out in the past few years that are like, you know. Um, I think A24 has, has released better movies than horror movies than that. But it's not a bad movie it was, for a first time director. It's sobering because you're just like god damn it man like somebody yeah. just comes out and they and they, i mean because what i'm saying is like everything about that movie the package is really nice i just feel like the contents aren't are what i was looking for um hmm. Hmm. Uh, next good. next episode um i'll have to get back to you because i'll definitely watch it by then yeah it's, it's like a, i absolutely recommend people watch it and i really like the the, the lead actress and actually the two lead actresses are the are fantastic everything they get some things like you know it's like when everything is done right like everything in this movie is done right, but just it, I walked away not feeling right, you know? Yeah. I can't describe it, but it was just it was good. I wasn't in love with it. Um, but you know, maybe you will be. I don't know. But uh, and then I've watched a few other things that you've probably seen before. Like Joe Bob had another uh, he had a Valentine's Day. He had a Christmas special. And he had a Valentine's Day special and the Valentine's Day special. I got to see T- Solomon, who we had on for um, on Vamp um, years ago. He when he and I lived together, he was talking about this movie called Tammy and the T-Rex, which I was like, Oh God. Just, yeah. When described, yeah. When he described it to me, I was like, Oh, it sounds terrible. This is before they found the R rated cut. So he's telling me about this PG 13 movie. That's out of fucking control at insane. And, uh, and I was like, I still didn't want to see it. And then they finally like vinegar syndrome released the, they found the R rated version, which is what played at beyond fest. Um, I hate, I, I, I couldn't believe that I hated it. I was like, this, everything about, like, even my wife was like, everything about this movie is something that you would love. And I'm like, I know. I just so fucking hate it. And I don't know if it's because I don't, I, and, you know, don't disrespect to the dead. I hate Paul Walker and I hate Denise Richards. And Paul Walker's barely in the movie, but his, <laughs> pres- his presence just goes on. And like, and Denise Richards is, I've never, ever, ever understood the appeal of her, ever. I just, she drives me up the fucking wall. 
I hated that movie so much. The second movie he showed was The Love Witch, which I've been wanting to see for a long time. I don't know how I didn't see it at the numerous times it played at Cinefamily. I, I was just going to say Cinefamily like, played it fucking weeks and weeks and weeks on end. I really liked it. I loved did it. Did you? I did. <laughs> I, I was like, I mean, I, I was like, you know, it's funny because in the inter- he interviewed her, did a remote interview with, with uh, Anna Biller after, uh, during the movie, and he was like, People have been always saying that the movie is very reminiscent to like 60s sexploitation horror movies. And and she's like, I disagree. I think it's more of like just movies in that era in general. I'm like, okay, I appreciate that because, you know, you wrote and directed it, whatever. But are you telling me that you're not thinking of Rust? Like my wife doesn't even like who doesn't didn't understand the correlation with this. I was like, in my head, I'm thinking of Russ Meyer and she's watching this. She goes, does this remind you of Beyond the Valley of the Dolls? And she has no idea that Russ Meyer directed that. I was like, yeah, it does. It absolutely reminds me of Beyond the Valley of Dolls. It's, it is, it did remind me of like a, a exploitation film from the sixties. And I loved it for that exact reason. But, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I really, I fell madly in love with that movie. Uh, no pun intended. It's just like the visual, the look of it was just so mm, a- excellent. Excellent. And the <laughs> acting was so like, I love that stylistic acting, you know? Um, so anyway, that was, I saw that, and then a movie that I did want to mention because I didn't want to go into everything. Is I, I saw a movie that you would really like, actually. I think uh, it was a movie from Pittsburgh that people who were, I guess, what I would say George Romero adjacent people, like Tom Savini, John Harrison, um, God damn, uh, uh, Joe Pilato, I think his name is the guy who played Rhodes in Day of the Dead, or, or uh, uh, he they they made this movie called Effects, where it's like they're working on a horror movie and. Um, the, the line between the horror movie, what's a movie and what's really happening, gets blurred. It's like a really kind of a sleazy exploitation film made in Pittsburgh. It only got released in Pittsburgh for a while. Um, Weird. The American, yeah, American uh, genre film archive. Um, they release a, a DVD of it. It's called Effects. I think it's on um, on Shutter. It's also I, it's definitely on the Arrow video player, which I think everybody should get. It is. So fucking sweet. Uh, Arrow Video has their own like streaming network now, which again, if you have Shutter, it might be overkill, but um, it's still pretty cool. But yeah, I think we really like it. It's called Effects, and um, yeah, watch it. Um, it's really cool shit. Nice little like weird 1980, I think 1980, like kind of grimy independent film made in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm in. Yeah, it's really cool. I dug it a lot, and it reminded me a lot of like. Um, had the same had the same kind of like sad oh man pittsburgh and the pittsburgh area is really sad feel of like martin which we uh which we watched and like but yet it's got kind of like an eight millimeter feel to it if that's that's why i think you might like it, it reminded me a lot of like eight millimeter the nicholas cage movie like if they made nicholas eight millimeter with like 95 percent less than the budget they had it might have come out to be <laughs> something like effects um, <laughs> oh no! Effects also is like trying, also kind of about about filmmaking as an art form as well. So it's like it's worth checking out. Yeah, I, I, I think you'd really dig it. Um, and so I thought about that. But anyway, um, we also um, watched another movie. movie. Yeah, we finally we finally watched a movie. Um, I don't know what even to say about this movie. We watched. I know. The- I actually have a lot to say. <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, what, the movie we watched was the. Was it 72, 73? Um, can you, can we confirm that real quickly before yeah, I make I think it? Was 73. It was oh, 73. Yeah. Yes. Um, 1973 film, The Baby. Yeah. And it's like, it's, well, so it's 
PG, what, but it's what's like... It about, what's it about, Jess? Uh, I don't even... Hold on. I'll like, give you the synopsis um, according to Google. <laughs> Social worker Anne Gendry is fascinated by the case of Mrs. Wadsworth and her fully grown son who has the mind and behavior of a baby. Uh, her interest fast becomes an obsession and leads to bizarre and violent conclusion. Um, it, it gets a little bit weirder than that. I mean, it's about this woman who has... Like the description just said, a a twenty one year old infant son, um, which is played by a grown man, kind of looks a little more like Clifford, you know. Um, a Martin Short also, film. Yeah, remember that Clifford? Um, yeah, yeah, I remember it. Yeah, child. Um, kind of like that, except like he's making baby sounds, which are clearly dubbed over now, and it's like <laughs> weird. It's like so crazy. It's like weird cooing, and then um, this woman has like two older daughters who are like who um, are you know they're they're also dysfunctional, but they are they act they're relatively their age. You we I gotta we should stress that like he's the only child in this family that acts like yeah, baby. and they all enable him too, and then you find out, and it's weird because this movie was PG, and I, it feels like a made for TV movie, but it wasn't. Um, which is, which is really strange. It's like one of the strangest, like non graphic or like even close to being rated R, even though there's like weird abuse, um, allegations in it, you know? <laughs> like Yeah. And, and I do want to, I want to stress this right now. Cause we're going to, we can't not talk about this movie without spoiling it. So pause, watch the movie. It's awesome. It's on, you can find the streaming and then unpause after, cause we're going to tell you the ending because I can't, we can't talk about this movie without that that's the type of Talking movie this about is. It, yeah. yeah, in full because it's just that stupid but also hilarious. Um yeah, so one the um the dubbing of the baby, I guess originally the man who played the baby um <laughs> had uh, uh had done all his own baby noises. <laughs> David Mooney. Yeah, that was in the film. And so yeah. then after on the re-release, they dubbed over it with a real baby effects, which I don't know is if it's better or not. Um, the woman who plays the mother is is really interesting. Roman. Yeah, she was yeah, in Strangers she, on a Train. Yeah, yeah. She I was gonna say she was like in a bunch of weird like Hitchcock stuff and like uh, a, a well-noted um, older actress and like she just looks so familiar and has that familiar voice, like that raspy yeah. Hollywood, like kind of sassy. Um, voice and like the two older sisters are like really weird and really creepy that like one with like she has like the biggest hair and she's always like very intense looking like ah. the one who climbs into his crib with him yeah yeah exactly so Mariana Hill weird shit to him um, yeah. I don't know this movie was so weird I I still don't know how I feel about it like so I, I kind of like the ending which we'll I love to. the ending, and 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 that's that's what I was gonna say. Is this movie to me? Um, I'm gonna try to figure out how to explain this the best way I can. I, you know, <laughs> no. it's, it's very it's a, it's a very Twilight Zone esque movie, and it's something that like I've talked with other people. It, it it's reminiscent to another movie, like um, not plot wise or ending wise, but in the same mechanic of um a movie, a great movie called Dead and Buried, uh-huh. um, which is this great movie um that was made. In 1980, in 1980, I think 1982, written by Dan O'Bannon and um, and uh, has a bunch of people that you've seen in it before. But it's a type of movie that when you watch it, it's got kind of a twist ending that completely dictates the. I mean, like you can't un. It's not like the movie can't exist without that twist ending. Otherwise, it's just like 
it, that, that's what that ending has become what the movie is, you know, and yeah. again, I don't want to give anything with dead and buried, but in the baby, we find out that, um, Ann Gentry, the social worker, she's so distraught because she was, I guess she was involved in an accident with her husband, um, that we're led to believe the entire movie, um, is dead. Yeah. Is dead. Only to find out at the end of the movie, the reason why she's so ridiculously obsessed with baby who that's what they call him. They call him baby. He doesn't have any other name. It's just yeah, baby. He's just baby. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, the reason why she's obsessed with baby is because her, her husband did actually survive his accident, but he's basically been rendered a invalid. Some, yeah. Invalid. Like he's got, he's got so much brain damage that he is now like a child too. So her interest in baby is, is not to help him become an adult, but to keep him as a child. So her, her, now infantile husband has a friend to play with yeah so that's the psychotic thing too is like where it like turns into like this weird psychodrama because like in the beginning it's about the social worker trying to like help this man baby because she believes that he's being abused and kept infantile by the family and that he's not actually like that so her and you're like oh okay like the whole time you're like she's on his side until the very end where she just like steals a steals a human away and then like keeps him in a basement and becomes the <laughs> the like warden of of the house it's like really creepy also she like this this whole movie is just like creepy it's not really scary yes. but like she dresses him in like man clothes and was like taking pictures and sending him back to the family and they're like she's like he's a man now you'll never have your baby back it's like so fucking weird yeah it, it is that's a great way to put it it's and, and there's a lot of like weird stuff that happens in this movie like there's a scene where when you know pre earlier on the movie baby has got a babysitter I assume she's like a, a girl in her oh, late yeah. teens, early twenties, and like she's trying to calm baby down, and he's like trying to paw at her breast. So she like basically tries to like breastfeed him or like let him suckle at her breast, and then of course like you know the mom comes in and sees this, she's like what the hell are you doing? Which is a normal reaction anybody would have. It's just coming from somebody who's been treating a, a grown man like a baby, um, but that doesn't end well for the babysitter. Um, no, that part like that. is great. Yeah. Hilarious. Um, it's like a thousand a weird, slaps. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a weird party scene where it's like they're planning on getting rid of the social worker. So they invite the social worker to this party to kind of like, hey, we've all got off on the bad or wrong foot. Why don't you come to this party? It's going to be cool. Well, you'll get to see how we all are. And, you know, really, she's, you know, they're, they're planning on doing some damage to this this woman. But the whole time, one of the sisters her boyfriend Dennis is basically like trying to like really push himself on, on this um, social worker. Um, the actor who plays that the plays, the boyfriend, his name is Dennis uh, is uh, Michael Pataki. And he was in a lot of horror movies and exploitation films in the seventies and eighties. Uh, Dream no evil, which I've seen grave of the vampire Dracula's dog, which is exactly what it sounds like. Um, <laughs> he was in that movie dead and buried that I was just talking about. Um, of course. And he was in um, he was in Halloween four. He, he looks, looks like, like that type of like seventies eighties like sleaze ball. Yeah, the type of guy who would play like maybe like one of the 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 Soviet guy who's like uh, maybe Ivan Drago's handler in Rocky four. Maybe he looks like that guy because it is him. Um, oh wow, yeah, this guy's just been in everything. Yeah, he's been in everything, uh, and that's one of the things I do like about this movie is that like these none of these people are like big name actors, but they're all working actors, and they're all nobody's fucking. 
everybody's like di- going all in on this, you know, and I, I actually really <laughs> like the uh, sisters. Mariana Hill, the one who plays the older sister who climbs into the crib naked with him. You might recognize her from such things as Godfather 2, where she plays Fredo's wife that nobody gives oh. a shit about. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think I do. Yeah, she has like, that, like, hair. I, I yeah, and she's in it for, like, a minute, and because nobody cares about Fredo, nobody cares about her. Like, they, in the very beginning of the movie, she shows up, they ignore her, and that's the whole point. And then, <laughs> um, I haven't seen Anna Jet Comer in anything else, um, but she was in, uh, she did a lot, a lot of people did a lot of TV. These are all working actors, a lot of TV. Um, and she ended up doing a movie called Netherworld for, uh, that was directed by David Schmoller, who did Taurus Trap, which we covered, but, and then, uh, Ruth Roman, who was in Strangers on a Train, um, she was also in Knott's Landing. Um, I, I think the interesting thing about this movie too, is that the director, uh, Ted Post, if you look at his like filmography or his, you know, his films, they're all like the exact opposite of baby. Mm-hmm. Um, or the baby like he did um he did a lot of tv again a lot of television on, on for him he did um he did like a few twilight Zone episodes which makes sense bonanza he did hang him high with clint eastwood he also did magnum force which i think is the if i'm not mistaken the second dirty harry film um he also did good guys wear black which was a chuck norris film yeah he did human shield with american ninja michael dudikoff but he also did the baby and i find that really fascinating I don't know, like, and it's funny because I looked up the guy who wrote this too, which is like no, kind of nobody, um, like hasn't done a lot of other stuff. Yeah. yeah, and so it's like really strange that this like came to be, and I guess like he tried to convince like his right his um the he it was like the director had to be convinced to make it right, uh, mm-hmm. which is like weird that he ended up going through with it because it's like such a creepy little film like it's not scary or like even i don't even know if i would like classify it as a horror but i do really like the twist but like it's been i've been thinking about it a lot and how like fucking weird it is like being like a little is one thing but it's like also weird to like have like this whole movie about an abused man child right that's like kept in a house for forever and then uh captured by like another abuser i don't know it's like fucking weird it's like yeah, real i mean every, what you literally just described sounds like one of those horrifying things in the world and that's what i think is interesting about it is i think it is horrifying just not in the way that we would normally it's not scary but it is like it is this horrifying like this this poor baby played by <laughs> what is his name so- uh but David they also Mooney. like dress him in like adult baby clothes which is like even weirder like instead of like any type of like clothing yeah. that would be comfortable for like a, even a man at that time like no sweats it's just like straight up like baby knit sweaters <laughs> that are like enormous. Diapers. i mean yeah. like this is some fucked up shit you know and uh, i i i also like again i i think what i again I, I go back to the actors because everybody's a working actor in here like i said and and everybody's so committed and if i was an actor i feel if i read this script i would be terrified to do this movie because it's like in 1973 don't you think that this movie could probably kill your career if somebody if i was interviewing for another film or auditioning for another film they're like what was the last movie you did oh i did this movie called the baby about a guy who or or i I did this movie called the baby where i played a baby and i just i sat there and did like made baby noises the entire time which they dubbed over and um (laughs) 
how do you not are how are you not worried that this movie's gonna kill your career? Which is why I don't know. But think about all the weird shit that came out in the seventies anyway, you know what I mean? Like there was and especially with ex- exploitation films during that time period. Like I feel like maybe that's not so bad. But like <clears throat> also uh, this movie is like very dated um, from like the appearances of like the actors and actresses too, which is like kind of yeah. funny. But I don't know. I mean, I I kind of loved it, but it's like it's very much like a sleeper creep movie. Yeah, it's 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 you watch it once, you go, man. You you tell other people about this movie, and you're like, you should check out this movie. It's really fucked up. I'm not 100 percent sure that I'm ever gonna. It's not one of those movies I'm gonna need to own. You know. No, maybe not. Like, I'm glad I watched it. And it's like kind of like I was definitely laughing out loud at like some points. And then like also just being like, fuck, like who wrote this movie? Like, or who has this like weird fetish um, that's like being acted out? (laughs) Right. During this movie. I I don't know. It's it is very much like I, I do love the twist at the end. It's like kind of perfect. And it's like it is really good, like creepy PG movie. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know about like being um, great during the time period, but it is like pretty fun. It's like a fun movie. Like if I saw that at the drive-in, yeah, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, but you, but you know what I mean when I say about like the, the it's the it's the type of twist that like it becomes the entire film. Like you can't watch Sixth Sense without going, oh, he was dead the whole time. You know, yeah. whereas Psycho, you don't have you like even after you realize that he's he, you know, Norman Bates's mother. Like it doesn't, there's still a movie. There's still more movie to go. You know, it's like, you're not like, Oh man, I can't, I'm not, I can't look at it the same way anymore. It's like, there's, it's a movie like psycho isn't completely reliant on its twist where I feel like the, where the baby that twist becomes the movie, just like six cents, just like dead and buried. It's like, Oh fuck. You know, like, um, it, it, it can't exist without it. Uh, and, and, and that's, that's, uh, that's a good thing. It's just that, like I said, these, these ep- it's just movies like this feel like long episodes of Twilight Zone where you go, oh, man, it was him the whole time or it was this. The, you know, Yeah, I feel like it would have been better as a TV movie because even but I, I've been thinking about that, too, because we were talking about like um, the the remake, the uh, fuck, that's like 1970s TV movie about the creatures living in the walls. Oh, uh, uh, don't be afraid of the dark. Which yes, we, don't be or, afraid yeah. of the dark, which got made into a movie that wasn't that good. But originally when we did it, it was a TV movie. Like, I feel like creepy TV movies in the 70s were like actually creepy. You know? Yeah, I actually think. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of great great shit that came out television movie wise. Um, I think it was again, I think it was also because they were um, and, and maybe this was the same approach with the baby they were going with. But it's like, hey, there are certain standards and practices that we have to follow for TV. So how can we str- how can we go as far as we can? And also, how can we like Salem's Lot, the the Toby Hooper Salem's Lot, I think is one of the scariest fucking things I've seen in a long time um, at any time. But it's also because it's like, man, 19, what, 70-something, late 70s? 79, on, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like he's really like he's he's pushing it as far as he can go, and he's leaving the rest to, like, implication. And I think that's really important. Um, like a freeze frame or like a um, – I don't know. Like, uh, again, a shadow as opposed to, like, seeing something come flat out. You know, I really dug that. Um, the baby, I think, could have benefited a little bit. I mean, it does. It feels like – I mean, aside from, like, the, the breastfeeding moment – 
Um, and <laughs> maybe know. The, the jumping, getting into his crib naked with him, the sister does. And that's what I think is really fascinating is that, like, you know, um, you get you hear this this thing about like how the mom, you know, the husband left, baby's father left them and and really fucked over the mom. And it feels like everybody, all the women, like the mom and the two sisters are kind of like getting their revenge by like completely rendering baby an infant. And like, it's almost like part of their like revenge. Against, yeah. yeah. Revenge against the father. You know, and I really think that's, there's a lot of really great subtext, a lot of like really cool, like underlying things going on. There they don't completely direct, uh, directly address, um, which I like, I think is really cool. I think it leaves a room for imagination, but I agree. This could have been a long TV movie. And it might have even been creepier because they would have had to have like scale things down a little bit and had to have like tried to go a different approach. Yeah. I, I mean, I, again, I really liked it. I think people should watch it. I mean, it's on Amazon prime and you can find yeah. like the, just the weirdest set of, of movies. Like I feel like this one, if it was like rated any higher, it would have been like a, an exploitation film, but it's like technically not, even though it is, it's very yeah. strange. It's a very strange movie. Like after, I feel like you're gonna just be like, one, why did I watch that? But two, like, why was it ever made? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know? I just, you know, it's like I kind of like I thought about you because <laughs> I know that sounds weird. Uh, I thought about you because uh, Arrow, like again, put out you know put out a copy of the baby. They also put out that movie that you enjoyed, Toys Are Not for Children, right? Yeah, I love and I. It's funny I thought about this this a lot. Toys are not for children. Although that is a true sexploitation film, um, and this right. one is not. It is like a very much the same realm about like infantile acting adults um and you know people's weird attraction towards them uh yeah. so yeah it, thank you for the <laughs> i do enjoy i do i did enjoy it. i did really enjoy it i like that era and it's like just creepy enough for for it to like stick you know yeah i like that era too it's like it's weird because like we talked about the 80s and we talked about new york and that grime and everything where it's like when i think when i think of 70s i think of like carpet everywhere you know yeah <laughs> like, carpet, of, like, bathroom yeah, and like tan walls and like um yeah, I I I really there's a weird feeling I get when I watch a lot of these particular type these like kind of like not big 70s productions where you just like you kind of feel like they kind of feel cozy, you know? Like when when people used to refer their living room as a den. Like, yeah. oh, we're going to go watch it in the <laughs> den. That's what it makes me think of. And I knew people who had dens and I was like, "Why can't we just watch in the Oh, that's what you mean. Okay, I got it. <laughs> you mean the living room, but whatever. Um that's that's what I think of when I think of like the 70s and those type of movies. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's like a comfort, creepy movie. Yeah, yeah. It's cozy. It's a cozy, creepy movie. I definitely agree yeah. with that. I feel very cozy when I'm watching it, even though I feel really disturbed. Um, <laughs> but I, I dig it. And like, like I said, a lot of these actors, um, like Mariana Hill, who plays Jermaine, the sister who climbs in the crib again. Actually, she is, she's in Godfather too, but she's also in Blood Beach, which I own on video and I have yet to watch, but I will be watching that. I'm so, having, you know, you know, you, you've been to my birthday. I've had marathons. I'm not having a marathon. Well, I am having a marathon. Um, but a solo one? A solo or one. Well, it's or Zoom? No, 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 no. I can't do that. But... <laughs> Um, I also decided, you know how people are like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have a whole birthday week. I'm literally, I'm saying, fuck this pandemic. I'm literally having a whole birthday week. I took an entire week off. So I'm catching up on all the videos and DVDs that I've got for Christmas and over the times. I haven't watched Blood Beach starring Mariana Hill in it is one of them where starring. it's starring. Yeah. Uh, well, it's also got, I think, John Saxon and Burt, um, Burt Young from uh, Rocky one through five. Um, 
I'm also watching, I got this for Christmas, Dixie Dynamite, which is a great Warren Oates film. Um, it's like one of those great exploitation films. They're, you know, gals who like to drive, it's like basically Dukes of Hazard, but they're girls. And um, Warren Oates is in it. And I love him. I think he's fantastic. Um, so I'm just like, I'm going to have a marathon of movies that I have yet to to rewatch that I've owned. And, and uh, I got Pieces for Christmas. I haven't watched that since over 20 years. I'm going to get to rewatch that. Oh, sick. Yeah, yeah, so like we'll have a lot to talk about in the next we will. upcoming episodes. We will. Um, but yeah, so um that's that's all I got. Yeah, yeah. Until next time, which we will be on time now, now that we're settled in our in our no lives. Yeah. <laughs> in our lives. <laughs> now that we're settled in our lives, guys. We'll, uh, check we'll, us be, out we'll on, come back to you. On uh yeah, check us out on Instagram video underscore vampires and um goodbye. See you later. There wasn't enough room in Toyland to escape the terror that rocked Baby's Cradle. I notice you call him Baby, and the case history doesn't show any other name. What is his real name? Just Baby. To Baby, life was not a giant playpen. It was a living hell. He wasn't allowed to walk, he wasn't allowed to talk, but he was capable of it. Baby is a full-grown man trapped by three women with no way out. Suzanne Zenor and David Manzi as Baby. Rated PG.